In today's episode, I'm going over Game 1, Clippers, Nuggets, the Dominance, LA Clippers. Also, the shot heard around the world, OG Anunobi keeps the Raptors in the series and alive. Also, give my thoughts and opinions on the Steve Nash hiring by the Brooklyn Nets. All that, coming up on Sports Talk from the Crib. Okay, everybody, welcome to Sports Talk from the Crib. I'm your host, Tanner Christian. When we had some basketball last night, Clippers, Nuggets, Raptors, Celtics. But first, I want to get in this hiring of Steve Nash by the Brooklyn Nets. I was actually shocked when I heard the news because I always remembered Steve Nash saying, I do not want to coach. That is something I do not want to get into. At least that's what I... That was my perception when it came to Steve Nash. Now he's an MVP, point guard, Hall of Famer. Shaq should have won one of those, by the way. But, <laughs> but anyways, I think I was just shocked that this was a hire. And apparently a lot of people were too. They fired Atkinson there in the middle of the season this past year. Jacques Vaughn's been an interim head coach. He coached him in the playoffs. You know, there's been a lot of talk. The one thing that had me appalled is when I was watching First Take yesterday. Because I was recording the episode, yesterday's episode, <laughs> the last lap part two. And then this news, like, literally, as I was wrapping up the show, broke. And they announced it there on First Take. And I was watching it. And I'm like, the thing that had me the most appalled was saying it was white privilege by Stephen A. Like, come on, this has nothing, absolutely nothing to do with white privilege. This was a hire. If it wasn't going to be Steve Nash, it was still going to be Jacques Vaughn as head coach. That was the only choices. There was no candidates they had put up there for the Nets. This was either one, Steve Nash convincing him to be the head coach, or it was just going to keep with Jacques Vaughn. Now, Jacques Vaughn is a very respectable guy. He filled in. He's been a head coach before. He was head coach there at Orlando Magic. He was an assistant under Greg Popovich there in San Antonio. So he has experience. He's been on the net staff, I believe, for the last maybe like four four years now. He's been on the net staff, I believe. And then he became interim coach this, you know, for the final few games, I guess you say, for the bubble, basically. And like it is nothing, absolutely nothing to do with white privilege there, Stephen A. Like, that is appalling. For you to compare this to other hires and say that, hey, no other black coaches will get this job. It's an easy job. You got Kyrie and Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant's the one that made this happen. He's the one who wanted Steve Nash to be the head coach. The one that he relates to. He relates to him very well. He's smart. He was a consultant, I guess, for him there in Golden State. And when Kevin Durant was there, like, Kevin Durant picked the guy. So you can't be mad when the, the superstar of your team picks the guy. 
then that is the guy. Like Steve Nash has no head coaching experience at all. So that's why the reason why I was kind of shocked by this too as well. Not just because I've heard him say, hey, I don't want to be the head coach. I don't want to be like have that kind of responsibility where I retire. But uh, here, here you go. He sees an opportunity here. They want him there. Kyrie, Kevin Durant, they both want him. So this is an interesting hire. And they're going to keep Jacques Vaughn actually on the staff to be the lead assistant. Um, I, that would be the one thing if I was Jacques Vaughn, I'd be like, damn, man, like I could have been the head coach for with Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant. Now, I would feel a little slighted a little bit, though. I would feel a little bit slighted if that was the case. Like, if I was in that position, I would feel a little slighted because you gave me the interim head coach responsibility without those two superstars. We didn't really have, we didn't have a chance at all in facing the Toronto Raptors in the first round series. We didn't have a chance at all. You give me them, and then, you know, I'm going to look really damn good. That'll be the only thing, but this has nothing to do with race. Like, come on. I mean, there's been plenty of point guards that come in to, you know, get jobs. Isaiah Tavis got jobs. They're in Indiana, New York. Derek Fisher got a job there. Jason Kidd's been a head coach. Like, there's been so many head coaches that have gotten opportunities with well, with very like decent teams, and it just hasn't worked. Well, it worked with Jacques Vaughn as the head coach. I mean, who knows? You're going to get in the playoffs. He didn't really do too well there in Orlando, but he took over Orlando Magic team that was it's horrible. That was his you know, head coach experience there. Did that for three years. Like, that Orlando Magic team was this horrible. I don't think there was anybody. They were going through head coaches during that time period like nothing anyways. So, it's one of the reasons why I turned away from ESPN. I, just, I clicked it off. I was tired of listening to it. Like, if you either bring that up there with Richard Jefferson, Mass Kelly, like, what? Like, this has nothing to do with it. I'm looking at it from the higher from a perspective like this. How is Steve Nash going to be the head coach when things go wrong? Is it is it this because you can't be friends with your players like that? That's the reason why Kevin Durant kind of wants him. He's going to be a player's coach. Strictly player's coach. We're going to see if the discipline is there with the team. Because bringing him in is a very interesting hire. It's a shocking hire to me. And we'll see what, how this happens. We'll see how this works. Because on paper, the Brooklyn Nets, with the roster they have, bringing back the two superstars. I love the way Levert plays. He's a great, great player. And adding little tiny little pieces around those guys, I think the Brooklyn Nets could be a very interesting top team in the Eastern Conference next year. Like this having them back, if, if they're healthy, that is. If these guys are healthy, it's going to be a problem in the East. I think they're a top three team in the East if these guys are healthy. Sean Marks is GM. He's doing a great job of getting the... He brought in Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant last year. Kyrie needs to stay healthy. Kevin Durant's going coming off that gruesome injury that he suffered in the finals last year. He didn't play at all this year for the Nets. So 
We haven't even seen him in uniform yet. So we haven't even seen him in uniform. This is going to be an interesting thing to see in the East. I'm looking forward to it, actually. I'm looking forward to Steve Nash. I wish him all the best. I think he's going to do a decent job. Even with no head coaching experience, I can see him doing a very decent job there as being a head coach. The relationship he has with the players, the leadership he's had, he's very respected. He was a great teammate with everybody. There was absolutely no problems at all. You know, he had that great time there in the Phoenix Suns with that team and that offense. I think it would be a great thing for Brooklyn. I expect the Brooklyn Nets to be a top three team in the East with this hire. Okay, let's get into it, guys. The game of the night, the shot you heard around the world. The Raptors beat the Celtics 104-103. Anunobi with a three-point game winner to keep the Raptors alive in the series as now they trail 1-2. But, man, if they would have went down 3-0, it would have been all but over with that shot. It was was an exciting game that... What a way to keep the series alive. You know, let's get into those stats for the Celtics. Jason Tatum, 15 points, 9 rebounds, 6 assists. He didn't shoot too well from the field. He finished the game with 5 of 18. Kemba Walker was out there balling. He had 29 points. Jalen Brown finished with 19 points, 12 rebounds. And for the Raptors, Kyle Lowry, 31 points, 6 rebounds, 8 assists. He played really well. Fred Van Vliet, 25 points. Six assists, Pacquiao Siakam, 16 points, and seven rebounds. But boy, oh boy, what a final sequence there. I tell you what, it just seems like every other game is coming down to the final sequences. We're seeing these teams fail epically and this like come out on top miraculously. <laughs> like it's it is amazing to see like The Thunder Rockets game the other night, the Thunder final possessions were absolutely horrendous. The defense on the final play of this game by the Celtics was horrendous. And it was just an amazing play by the Raptors to come out with the victory. Let's just get into what happened in the final sequences there. The Celtics were up 101-99. Fred Van Vliet, baby Drake. Came in with an amazing finish in the paint. About 21 and a half seconds to go. The tie the game at 101-101. He didn't shoot the three ball. He drove to the hoop. Made an amazing lay-in over the top. And, you know, he was 5 of 13 from three. I've been getting on him about his three-point shooting. He's been struggling with his three-point shooting. He still finished the game 5 of 13 there. But he had 25 points and six assists. So he played very well. Baby Drake, man, was out there balling, kept the kept the minute. But anyways, the next possession, Kemba Walker's like dribbling around everybody. The clock is ticking down. And then he makes a sweet dime pass in there to Tice. He dunks it with 0.5 seconds remaining. Now, the ensuing inbound, Kyle Lowry's inbounding the ball, guys. Kyle Lowry is inbounding the ball. The Celtics in shirt, Taco Fall. <laughs> And he's out. This dude is like 10 feet tall, okay? He literally is like over 10 feet tall when he puts his arms up. Like, this guy is the tallest human being alive. (laughs) It just seems that way. And you got little Kyle Lowry inbound the ball. 
Now, there's no way in the world he should be able to get that ball over Taco Fall. There's no way he should be able to see anybody on the court with him standing in the way. But he did. He threw the ball all the way across court to Ananobi, who was at the three-point line. You can see Jason Tatum pointing when they switched off. They ran a few screens. And Marcus Smart was saying switch. Like They all switched to the wrong person was the problem. Jason Tatum sort of just went with him. Because the other one came around, he went to Van Vliet, who was came around near Kyle Lowry on the side there. And Anunobi was wide open. I'm talking wide open. And he drills the three as time expired. And he walks off like an OG. This is like his name. He walks off just like an OG. And I love what he said after the game. He's just like, I, sh- I shoot like I'm going to make it. Like, I'm not going to, I don't think like I'm going to miss a shot. Like the guy walked off like a straight OG and he kept the Raptors in the series. What an amazing play. What an amazing finish. And it is now a series again. So Anunobi, what a shot. What a shot. And, you know, like I don't even know what else to say about it. Like that was an amazing play, amazing shot. Keeps them in the series. Will they win the series? I don't think so. I still think the Celtics in six. I can't see that um, Raptors coming back and winning. They got they got a great group group of people, but they are missing that one guy, and his name is Kawhi Leonard. Which brings us into the next game: Clippers Nuggets. Clippers come out on top with a final score of one twenty to ninety seven. Some takeaways: Clippers. Kawhi Leonard finished 29 points. Paul George finishes with 19.7 rebounds. And for the Nuggets, Nikolai Jokic, 15 points, 3 rebounds, 3 assists. Jamal Murray, only 12 points and 6 assists. Now, the big takeaway from the game, and Nuggets just came off a brutal 7-game series versus the Jazz that was back and forth, wire the wire, minute by minute. And it looked, they showed it in Game 1, they were exhausted. Like they were exhausted. They couldn't get any spacing there on the court. It seems like they were all just running into each other. They were tired. And when you're facing the claw, you know it's about to go down. <laughs> Kawhi Leonard was just out there dominated. The defensive presence of this whole Clippers team against the Nuggets just showed there on the court last night. You know, Patrick Beverly came back. He only played 12 minutes, but having his defensive presence. Captain of the defense back. That is, that is something for the Clippers. It's a huge gain. I mean, look, let's look at that defense, man. Patrick Beverly, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, Montrez Harrell is a great defender. Marcus Morris, like, this list goes on. They are great, great defenders. Jamal Murray, you're not going to be able to drive 50 points on these guys. <laughs> Especially, like, Patrick Beverly picking you up full court. He doesn't care. He's going to pester the crap out of you. Well, there's a lot of praise to Jamal Murray. Yeah, he's a great player. They were calling him Dwayne Wade 2.0. But again, in this series, I don't see that happening at all. I could see him getting 25 one in the games. I could see him maybe, maybe if one of these games he does go off and gets 30. I can't really see it in this series because having these guys, they could throw anybody at you. Throw Paul George at him. You throw Kawhi Leonard at him. 
you're not you're not going to see that pure dominance. Now the Joker, has got to play better too. The Joker, you can't just have three rebounds, man, and fifteen points. That can't happen at all. But um, it was the better matchup. <laughs> Honestly, it was a better matchup for the Nuggets to face the Clippers. It was probably even worse if the Jazz were to face them in this series. But I just, I can't. This is no match. It's just no match for the Clippers. Some other notable takeaways from the game is they didn't shoot well. Nuggets shot 42%. The Clippers shot amazing 57%. The Nuggets were 9 of 36 from 3. That's only 25%. The Clippers were 10 of 24. That's 41.7%. So you got to shoot the three ball better. Definitely got to shoot the three ball better. Joey Harris came back in the starting lineup there for the Nuggets. You know, he missed the majority of the games, but he he played the previous two games for the Nuggets. And he, now he's in the starting lineup, but that, that really didn't matter. It's not, it really didn't matter last night because I just can't see the Nuggets win this series. I see the Clippers dominating. They may, they may sweep them. Yes, I said they may sweep them. I may give Denver one game, one game max. It's not going to go past five games in this series. Clippers are ready. They're ready for the showdown versus the Lakers. That's what everybody's gearing up for. We know that's what's going to happen. It's going to be the L.A. L.A. I'm going to keep preaching L.A. versus L.A. Kawhi Leonard wants LeBron. LeBron, I'm sure, wants Kawhi. They want that matchup to happen, and that's what's going to happen. That's going to do it for today's episode. A little short and sweet episode for y'all today. It's Friday. We got to get the weekend on and popping. Weekend is here already. So I want to thank y'all for joining me here on Sports Talk from the Crib with your host, Tanner Christian. Be safe out there, guys. Remember, Monday through Friday, new episodes available on all streaming platforms. Be sure to check out the official Instagram there at Feely Heat Entertainment, as well as the website there at FeelyHeatEntertainment.com. That's FeelyHeatENT.com. Stay safe out there, guys. Enjoy yourselves. Catch you all on Monday.